0: How are you everybody? Good Erev Shabbos to you all. I'm so excited to be able to do another show. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by our friends at AHC Appliances at 530 Central Avenue in Cedarhurst. Thank you Sandy and Jay Tao for being our sponsors this month. They are actually away on a business trip learning more about fridges and freezers this week so we can they can come back to us and sell us some great products especially now that pesach is around the corner we kind of tend to break our ovens a little bit so uh or need more freezers or fridges so uh, we go to them for all our appliance needs so what a crazy week we've had uh very cold i'm sitting here i'm still cold i'm always cold this whole week uh, every time i have to like dig my car out of snow or drive in the pouring sleety rain i go I'm a girl from Sydney, why am I here? Why did I choose to move to this country and deal with this insane weather? I'll tell you why kosher food okay I'm not just saying that because I have a food show on the radio on the Nahum Siegel network but um I really I'm obsessed with food and you know after being in Israel for my year in Israel way back when I don't want to give you a date there and i um i I got exposed to kosher food and kosher restaurants and Became a big, big foodie my year in Israel and I I just couldn't go back to Sydney after being (laughs) exposed to all that food. So when people joke, why did you come to America? I go, two words, kosher food. Okay, didn't help my, it, it did help my dating life too way back when. Um, and I met my husband in America, but you know, that's another story. Um, so I have a very exciting show planned. Um, I've had a very busy week, uh, planning for Pesach. So I thought, you know, Pesos coming up and we got to talk to our listeners about exciting things and who is more exciting? No one is more exciting for me to talk to than for Susie Fishbein. She is a cookbook author, um, a presenter of, you know, uh, she does lots of cooking demos. I, I took a leaf out of her book and I kind of um, also began giving cooking classes um, but Susie is unbelievable, and she has a new book that has come out called Cooking Coach. And I have learnt so much from her just from this book. And I've already been teaching cooking classes for ten years, so this book was absolutely fantastic. And I really, really enjoy uh, having uh, having the book in my house. And sometimes I'll need to cross reference something with one of my own recipes, or pick up a tip on how to do something, and I'm gonna I turn right to Susie's Cooking Coach cookbook. Susie, are you with me? Hi, Naomi. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for talking to me. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So I was just, you know, I was introducing you and I was talking about how, like, even though I've been cooking and giving cooking classes for so many years, I still, you know, once your new book came out, Cooking Coach, I just keep turning to it to, you know, refresh myself or to learn new and more ideas of cooking and cooking tips.
1: Thank you. That that was the point of the book. That book um, marked a 10 year anniversary of when i first embarked on a book tour of giving, giving these cooking demonstrations
0: 10 years ten wow 10 years
1: and i did i have done on the average one show a week every single week for the past 10 years so i am in front of audiences a lot and when i started I, I was you know i was much more insecure about what i was teaching and my whole goal was just to get through the recipes and get people to learn the recipes and a few months into it i really like kind of paused and said it's really not the goal of a cooking class. They leave with the recipes or they buy the book, or I always say, or oh, you photocopy the recipe from your friend and I'll never find out. <laughs> but the point is, you come to a cooking class for everything but the recipes. That's the one thing you're leaving with. Right. So it really got me thinking, you know, and reevaluating and retooling the shows that I give. And I felt like the 10th year anniversary of going out in, on, these, you know, on this tour and, and doing these cooking demonstrations was a perfect opportunity to... Um, to, to add all that kind of information into, you know, a, a great regular Kosher by Design cookbook loaded with a her- 130 new recipes, but to also kind of make people more intuitive about their own cooking so that they're a little bit freer from mine and anybody else's cookbooks to give them a little bit of confidence. I feel like I have had some readers that have been along for this entire ride yes, and in the way that I have seen <laughs> my, my own skills grow and my own knowledge base. And once you learn a technique, you own it, you know. Like I always talk about um, – the, the the cauliflower the roasting vegetables and i always refer to the cauliflower popcorn recipe yep, which is one of my more favorite. famous recipes yeah
0: absolutely
1: so um when i eat it at someone else's house and i'm always grateful to be invited to someone else's house but inevitably they'll <laughs> say like how come it doesn't look or taste like yours and i i just smile and i say oh it does but really i know why <laughs> the answer is um when you roast vegetables you need to um to take the extra three minutes of cleanup and actually use two roasting pans, um, which people always want to, you know, they want to use that shortcut of all of yeah, them to absolutely. strip it all onto one. And when they do that, they have so much cauliflower on one pan, there's no room, there's no air, there's no place for the water that the cauliflower gives off to mm. evaporate. And so instead of golden caramelized little nuggets of cauliflower popcorn, people end up with a steamed, mushy <laughs> yep, result. Yep. And that is one of the reasons why. So it's techniques like that that I share in this book. Because if you understand that concept, you now know how to make a hundred different roasted vegetable recipes. It doesn't matter whether it's the cauliflower popcorn spicing on it, or shawarma spicing, or zaatar spice, or you know Indian spices, whatever's on your vegetable, and it doesn't have to be cauliflower. It could be a hundred other things. Um, you now know how to make perfectly roasted vegetables. So that was really a, a big goal of mine for this book.
0: Yeah, we, we do a lot of roasted vegetables and a lot of it started off with me making a popcorn cauliflower. <laughs> and it's, it really is, it's such a great little snack.
1: Love it, my kids love it.
0: It's very cute. I actually had, you know, um we're gonna talk so much more about some other things, but I just wanted to tell I was in the fruit and vegetable store in, uh, Woodmere the other day. They had purple cauliflower, all these different colors. Mm. Cauliflower. Oh, so I, I, uh, whipped up your, for dinner on, uh, I think it was Monday night, I whipped up some, <laughs> Uh, popcorn cauliflower, and we just, my, my five year old was like, love the idea that it being purple. Right. <laughs> it was very cute, because we eat it a lot, but you know, purple popcorn flower, cauliflower right. was very cute. Right. So how many books have you written? Cooking Coach is your ninth or Number tenth? eight. Number eight. Yep. Okay, wow.
1: Number eight in the series.
0: Okay, and the first series you had done, the first cookbook you had done was, um, Kosher Palette, which kind mm-hmm. of led you into Kosher by Design. Right. Very nice, and how? So that was in about nine, ten years ago. Well,
1: I, when I when I say the ten mile anniversary, that is with the Kosher by Design series.
0: Okay, the Kosher by Design series. I remember when that book came out. I read it at least ten times from cover to cover, and I was already a pretty decent cook already. You know, like I, I love to patcher in the kitchen. I love to make hundred different dishes at you know my dinner meals, and I really, really enjoy cooking. In you know, as much as I love going out to restaurants. I really enjoy cooking and, and that book I think really pushed kosher cooking for me or always kosher cooking, but it's always kosher, <laughs> but cooking like to the next level it took, took me up to the next level because mm-hmm. you really taught me so much about cooking and, you know, just thinking well, about guests, that original about by guests. design. Right.
1: Um, that's the only one that I really touch on, Jewish holidays. And Renee Erech, um, who was the party planner, the event planner on that book, really just helped elevate party, you know, holiday tables to a different level. And that book, that has been the most successful of the books in the series. I was was going to
0: ask you that. That was going to be one of my questions. Which is the most popular?
1: That is the one that has sold the most. It's not necessarily that it's the most popular. It's been around the longest. Right. Well, not years, um, ten years. (laughs) It has definitely, you know, it has sold the most. Um, it really, it, it really reaches across the divide. I think that's the book that, um, you know, that, that, that people who are not even yet kosher or not kosher, um, you know, it just it kind of it it hits something in them because it's a way of just looking at Jewish holidays and maybe learning a little bit and seeing beautiful tables and right. you know, maybe, you know, a little bit of, of an inspiration on that level. Um so that, that one has a special place for yeah, me in that way.
0: It's nice because I you know, I made nice food and I had nice platters, but I never really decorated my table so nice. So you really bought some nice innovative ideas to you know, what do they call it now? Tablescapes.
1: Tablescapes yeah
0: so that was really good. and and I like uh, the second book, I, I have to give a shout out to my own recipe. I have a recipe in your second book, um, Kosher by Design Entertainment. Yes. and that really just more pictures. The first one didn't have as many pictures, but each book continually takes. Well, we learned more that pictures. lesson,
1: and art scroll is very generous, and we we learned that lesson very quickly that if a recipe takes up some space, like half a page or more, and doesn't have a picture, Nobody ever makes it. So it's crazy. We learned that pretty quickly. It
0: becomes so visual with the internet and with everything. People are.
1: You know, that was before the internet burst on the scene. Yeah. Now, oh, you know, was... with blogs and people see step-by-step pictures. Now, it's not even a question. But right. back then, even it, you, people really wanted, they were just thirsting for those pictures. So, yeah. we gave it to them.
0: I remember from one of the books, I can't remember which one it is, and I made um, the Greek pizza, mm-hmm. and I was so proud of myself because I, I don't like phyllo dough. I found it very... Oh. um. I find it very hard to work with. And I Many made people feel that way. <laughs> and, I, and I did it exactly like yours. And I showed my family and I brought it to the table. And this is, you know, we're talking Pushing 10 years ago. It's one of the right. earlier books. And I said, look, it looks exactly like the picture. And everyone felt so proud of me. Oh, I felt so proud nice. that I got it exactly like the picture. But, you know, people often turn to me and, you know, they say, you know, I need a picture with your recipe. I can't make something without a recipe. You know, this is without a picture, picture. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. without a picture, because that's really in this day and age, you really need to, to have that in a cookbook. Your photography is gorgeous. Can you tell me about that? John
1: Ewer, there is, uh, in in my mind, first of all, he's just a lovely man and so nice to work with. I mean, we now, we are friends for over 10 years. Right. And, um... Just a, a real good guy, and actually, uh, the way that I found him was it was a hakarat hatov payback because um, you know you mentioned the kosher palette, so a lot of the pictures in that book we borrowed. And again, before the internet, you know, was so accessible, it, right. it was really hard to kind of track things and people down. Right. You know, now it's a click, and you know, yeah. you pick up the so phone or funny. you shoot I, an email. Yeah, yeah. But I was able to track him down, and I had asked if we could borrow and use at no cost. The cover photo of the kosher palette, he had done that photo for a Jacques Therese book called Dessert Circus. Oh, wow. And he was lovely. And I believe that, that, you know, that really put that book in its, in a, in a beautiful light. Um, you know, the, the playing off of the palette name and the beautiful picture. It's, it's, yeah, and fantastic. so then when I was able to actually pay someone to do a job, he was the first person I thought of, um, because I felt like that was, you know, a payback of Hakarat Hatov. He gave us something that was so vital to the success of a charity project. Um, that I would like to give him a shot. And, he, you know, we've stayed together ever since.
0: You've had a great relationship there.
1: Yeah, he's a good guy.
0: Very nice. And do you work with a food stylist or does that all I come do. from with you?
1: Melanie Dubberly. Okay. Um, you know, you can be an amazing cook in the kitchen, but there is something about being an artist right? Uh, when it comes to food styling that just a good cook um, misses. And her eye is just her attention to detail. Her eye is just, you know, unmatched you know people often ask me you know if i if i you know if i can't write cookbooks how can i get into the food business for a living and there are jobs out there that are part of the food industry and and one of them if you are artistic is food styling it's 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 you know really especially now with so much content on the internet there are uses for a food styling career
0: right there's a lot of tricks there's a lot of tricks i remember when someone someone was telling me once they um Made like chocolate, I know you have a recipe for it in your book um for the chocolate souffles, and mm-hmm. if you spray Pam on top before you take the picture it makes it look sh- very shiny or something
1: right, right, so there's a whole you know a lot, a whole a toolbox worth of ideas, but you also have to have a very artistic eye but it's it happens to be a nice uh it brings a lot to the table when it comes to magazines and and ads and and cookbooks
0: right right very it's so interesting that like there's so much that goes into just. You know, besides a cookbook, I, look, I've never written one, and people have said, you know, you've got so many recipes in your collection. Every week you write in the newspaper, put together a book, but I, you know, there's so much involved, so many steps. How long does it take you from start to finish? Like, you come work. It takes wo- me
1: about two years. Two years. I, I'm already working on the next book when a book comes out. I'm already months into working on a book when the next you know when when the book lands in people's hands. Right. So, so that's how I've been able to do these books so quickly. It's because I am constantly. I literally finish a book, take a day off and start the next book. This that's is amazing. the first time that we're actually now kind of taking a breath, inhaling. We do have um some great ideas uh bopping around uh, between me and 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 Gazalia Zlado, it's an at Artscroll who um kind of is, you know, he is my direct boss and we always kind of um, you know, ideas. make decisions together yeah. so we definitely have some ideas in the hopper but we really kind of want to look around and evaluate what is doing in the market you know
0: right. there's so many books out there you, know, you bought kosher cookbooks to the front line
1: oh well, thank you, you I like, appreciate you are that. the leader
0: in, in the, the kosher cookbooks I know whenever I buy a book for a, a colour, a bridal shower someone who's learning how to cook the kid's going off to seminary Susie Fishbine's the first book the kosher oh, by design that first one you. because it's really no it's simple it's easy it's clean i'm very into clean it's not right. busy you know you look at a page and you're like okay i can read that you know mm-hmm. i can do that you know sometimes th- there'll be too many things on a page and the eye just gets bounced around and they turn the page onto the next recipe but i think every recipe in that book is just simple easy and not crazy ingredients right do you remember when mirin first came out i remember mirin was very hard to buy in a couple of years ago.
1: Yes.
0: I don't know about like in your neck of the woods in New Jersey, but in, in the five towns, I remember I did a recipe with mirin, and, you know, they only had two or three on the shelves in the whole neighborhood. So, you know, I think... Um, ingredients are coming more and more popular. That well, the one
1: that I got the most hysterical calls about was um, pomegranate molasses.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, that, and I, I had I had supermarkets calling me saying, "You you can't do this to us. You have to give us the heads up when you have a new book coming out. What are going to be the ingredients? You know that we don't carry." Or so I am. That's I, so cute. Yeah, yeah, it is actually very funny. You have to call pomegranate, gomelat,
0: seasons. So,
1: <laughs> I try to uh, I I try to be a little sensitive and make those calls now when I think that there is going to. Be That's so cute.
0: That's very nice. How flattering is that, right? It's very nice. <laughs> very <laughs> nice. So what's your favorite recipe or is that too broad of a question?
1: Yeah, too broad a question. Too, okay. I, you know what? I have to say, if I don't love a recipe, it's not in that book. Okay. It's so, not in any book. Right. You know, I always say, you've never seen me write a recipe for gazpacho because I don't eat gazpacho. <laughs> I write so about what I like to eat. People say, You're like, right. where do you get your ideas from?
0: Yeah, um, you don't have cold soups in your any of your books.
1: Um, There might be a cold soup or two because I happen to like cold food soup. Okay. I do. I do not like gazpacho. I don't like so recipes for gazpacho. I, I love write about gazpacho. what I want to eat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. See, I don't cook what I don't, what I don't like. I right. don't like rice. I don't make too much rice at home. But right. I, I love gazpacho because I love tomatoes. Right. But, um, yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> so,
1: and I think that's the way to stay authentic. You know, I I write yeah. for myself. I yeah, write for yeah. things that I want to eat, and I'm just glad that my readers are kind of along for that ride and on the same page as me. <laughs> I guess I would find myself, you know, uh, warehousing a lot of cookbooks. Right. <laughs>
0: I like I like to make soups. I have a big soup collection. What's it, what's your favorite like um genre of food? Is that the right word to say? Like um
1: well, well I, wouldn't say that I have a favorite fish. genre of food but I definitely like cooking over baking. Um oh,
0: me too. Yeah. Me too.
1: I I don't like you know, I like the freedom that you get more of cooking, which is what I want people to take away from the cooking coach book. That it really can be mm-hmm. a fun activity and it not that it can be a mindless activity, but you're not as married to the paper as you are let, let's say you know when you're baking, where it really is about a chemical scientific reaction right. that you can't just ah pinch of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It really does you know have to follow a formula. Whereas in cooking, you're free to use what you have, what's uh, in the back of your vegetable bin. Right. You know you opened up a new jar of a spice like a hawaj, that you've never used before to you know for the Yemenite beef soup and cooking. Cook. I love that.
0: Well, I love that. That's delicious. That's my
1: husband's favorite recipe in the oh, new book. You're
0: you not know my husband's favorite recipe of yours. What it's the, a cabbage beef soup in your Pesach cookbook.
1: Oh, really? No. That's so funny. He
0: goes, this is the best soup you've ever made. I said, I'm going to tell Susie
1: what oh, I spit to her. Oh, so there. nice. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. You know, one of, one of the hats that I wear is I, um, I am a spokesperson for Pomegranate Supermarket. Okay. And I appear there once a month. I do a show, and it's one of my favorite shows to do because um, we like to develop recipes that are pomegranate-specific. And also nice and easy. Right. So right. I go to their meat case with um, with their meatologist, <laughs> Ari Heineman, We pick out the piece of meat that we want to work with or the cut of meat. And then I peruse their prepared um, soups, they're prepared dressings, they're prepared marinades, oh, they're prepared salads. I and I develop recipes with like a, almost like a dump and mix kind of concept. Like one of my favorites was um, a London broil and I use, they make this awesome sweet and sour eggplant salad that you would put on a Shabbos table mm-hmm. and I incorporated it into a grilled eggplant steak and it was awesome and they did all the work of doing all the marinating and cooking of the eggplants. It was really easy. But I'm doing a show there Tuesday and so um, as of five o'clock this morning I was working on a recipe. I was kind of thinking of the idea of like like the sauce that you make stuffed cabbage in, like a sweet and sour cabbage sauce, and instead of rolling, you know, and stuffing stuffed cabbages do like a big piece of meat, like a deckel. So in about Mm, two hours from now, I'll know exactly how it turned out, but okay, so it's do we have it's like to... a beef and cabbage soup, kind of like a similar idea.
0: Right, and where do we go to see this recipe for, you know, once it's you formulated? You'll
1: come see me at Pomegranate. I'll be there on Tuesday. Okay,
0: <laughs> very exciting. Okay, we're going to get I'm some more details. You could
1: check their website or. Yeah, check um, the
0: Pomegranate website yeah. whenever Su- uh, How you appear about once a month?
1: I do appear there once a month, and they give out free food samples, and it's mm. just, it's a.
0: After it's Pesach, a, I am coming.
1: A fun activity. <laughs> yeah, I
0: recently did a cooking demo in gomeglat in Borough Park. I did a fish demonstration for Aussie's mm-hmm. fish there. So that's mm-hmm. always fun doing that because I love meeting people at the well, like while they're at the supermarket and while they're shopping and right
1: because you can take them And when they say, but I don't know where that. Come on with me. <laughs> I can show you right here.
0: It's fun. It's fun. Okay, yeah. hey, so. Let's talk about Pesach. You have a few more minutes. We can talk about Pesach and your Pesach cookbook. Yes. What recipes and tips do you recommend that are just easy, easy for a novice cook? I get a lot of phone calls from frantic women saying, I've never made Pesach before. Help me, help me. So I end up cooking it for them. But, (laughs) you know, that's a little on the expensive side. But if someone was coming and they're making their first Pesach and they're having – Grandchildren, or or um, a young bride who can't get to her parents because she can't, you know. That was me. I couldn't leave to I sure. couldn't leave to America. I couldn't leave America Australia. to go to Australia. At the time, I was pregnant with my my first daughter, so I I uh, had to make Pesach by myself. So, right. what what cooking tips or what recipes are easy from that book that someone who hasn't made Pesach before can? Well,
1: I would have to say it's not even necessarily recipe specific, you know. Although something obviously like the purple cabbage salad is a simple one, two, mm-hmm. three thing that you put together in a big Ziploc bag even the day before and just yeah. keep the dressing on the side more important than the recipes that you pick and any recipe from that book is simple and easy, uh, great recipe for a cranberry chicken, again three ingredients that you, you know throw together and roast on a chicken. Can I
0: just tell you something about that recipe, I'm, I'm leaving, you know when I leave the studio today, I'm going yes. home to make for customers your recipe, it's Susie, Fishbines recipe, everyone who ordered it from me, I've got to go home and make 174 pieces of your cranberry chicken Yes, yeah,
1: That is a good one. <laughs> for my clients. Fun. I'm glad it's successful for you. For my you. clients,
0: my friend Jennifer Stern in in Inn was doing something similar, but she would like dump a little of this and dump a little of that. You gave me the breakdown, and I make, I've got to go and make 174 pieces, and it freezes amazing.
1: Okay, good to know. But the most important part of preparing for Pesach is... Getting organized. Yes. You know, and and if this is your first Pesach, obviously this information is too late, but at the end of Pesach, when everything is still fresh in your mind, take the 10 minutes that it takes and make lists. I have lists that tell me what brand of ketchup my kids actually ate, what cereals (laughs) were worth the money. Pesach food is so expensive, so to buy stuff that you don't end up using or liking is such a waste, you know, of money and of product, but more importantly, I have all my menus. I tell what went over well, what I had extra of, what I needed two times of, what I needed three times of. And I have to say, then the next time that I make Pesach and I take all that information out, I then actually photocopy the recipes, and I have them like in plastic folders. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I look at the ingredients, because turns out the first time I made Pesach, I kept sending my husband out for a dozen eggs. And a dozen eggs. Uh And a dozen eggs. Well, you know what? At the end of Pesach when I evaluated how many eggs I had gone through, and this is going to give somebody a heart attack, but it was 96 eggs. Well, first of all, 96 eggs, I could have gone to Costco and (laughs) in a more economical way and in one trip (laughs) gotten all of the eggs that I needed instead of having to keep going out. So you would never know really what you're using until you have it on paper. Right. It's all about lists and lists and lists. Keep
0: a tally chart. Maybe people could keep a tally of like mayonnaise and ketchup and eggs in the kitchen.
1: That kind of stuff. And also when you put your menus down on paper, you really start to see that likely you have too much food seder start very late at night. By 11.30 at night, people don't want, you know, three different kinds of meats and ten side dishes. Keep it simple. You want to make it elegant, make it elegant. Go for it, but keep it simple. Do not overcook. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Don't put that time constraint on yourself. Keep it simple. When you go to a restaurant, you order a soup and or a salad. You have a small appetizer. And this is for a special occasion. Right. You then have a main, so I understand maybe wanting two mains, not everybody likes meat or not everybody likes chicken, so fine, two main dishes, mm, uh, some kind of green, so some kind of um, other side, you know, something, you know, starchy, whether it be a potato dish, or if you do go you know, some kind of matzo kugel or something, why do you need more than that? <laughs> But people don't stop there. They, 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 go crazy. they think I they need go four crazy. or five or six or, you know, and it's insane. And then when you think about by the time you roll around to dessert and it is so late at night, nobody needs a smorgasbord of desserts. You need a small, Something, something sweet to end the night, something to serve with your tea. Uh, or just there's
2: some nothing wrong fruit. with
1: biscotti and fruit, yeah, you know. There's fruit. nothing wrong with that, um, or a nice, you know, sorbet. Some of the sorbets at Pesach time are fantastic. You know,
0: I'm, actually, my next guest is going to be Chaya Frischman from the Five Towns, whose husband makes the most, and he sells them. It's actually under the uh, Ba'ad. Uh, it has a hersha. He mm-hmm. sells amazing sorbets for Pesach because people don't want to eat so much heavy cakes. After right,
1: the right, jarum. right. The cakes are not fantastic, you know. They're, they're really Really not. They're not really worth the calories. They're, a, you know, they're a fortune or difficult to work with if you're making them at home. Right. You know, I always look for things that don't have a lot of flour in them to start with. That's why I naturally said biscotti. And I also said that because they tend to use oils, not margarines, which is always a sticky subject.
0: Right. Yes. You know, at
1: Pesach time. So right. just make your life easy. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that my Pesach aren't amazing. They are amazing. I'm sure. They're just not I'm to you. a sick amount of food. Right. They're the right amount of food. Right. And yes. no one has ever left my table hungry, um, ever. I,
0: I would hope not. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you so much, Susie, for coming in today, well, for for taking our call today on this busy, busy morning.
1: So nice to catch up with you and to see your success. I'm, I'm so you. glad uh, things are going so nicely and... Uh Lucky for all your listeners uh, that you've carved out time in your schedule to do this.
0: Oh yes, it's a lot of fun, I have to say. But you know, uh we we, we like to keep ourselves very busy: cooking, eating, shopping, radio show. You know, yeah. busy, busy. Well, We're now go busy home month. And
1: make your cranberry chicken. I know, I've got a lot to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for me, it's between Purim and Pesach; every minute counts. Wow! Thank God. Excellent. All right, thank you so much. Take okay. care.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you, Susie Fishbein. What a great guest. You're listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. We just had Susie Fishbein. What a great treat to have her on the air. I've seen her uh, many times doing cooking demonstrations, so it's really great to have her uh, share some of her uh, out-of-the-box you know, box experiences, like just not about the class but about you know some of the things that go on behind making a cookbook or a recipe. So this is table for two with Naomi Nachman, and our sponsor this week is uh, AHC. This is the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, we have very special next guest coming on. I don't know if I'm talking so clearly. Our next special guest is Chaya Freshman. She lives out in the Five Towns, and she has a fantastic She and her husband Eliyahu together have an absolutely fantastic business. It's actually called Fruit Platters and More. So besides the fruit platters, which we'll touch on. They do something, as I mentioned with Susie, about sorbets, which I thought it was like a really interesting, especially because it's this time of the year where we're, you know, we were talking about Pesach and cakes. We don't want to have like so many heavy cakes. There's some nice ice creams, not all the, you know, if you read some of the Parva ice creams that that you can buy at the local supermarkets, they're awful. You know, they have all these. I can't read them. If you can't read it, I try not to eat it. You know the name of the ingredients. But if they have some weird ingredient, I don't buy it, especially those Pesach salad dressings. So I'm going to try to post on my blog, um, theaussiegourmet.com. So if you want to reach me, you can reach me for some Pesach recipes. or Go onto my blog. I have some amazing Pesach recipes on there. I'll put up some salad dressing recipes, but also um, just some really healthy salad recipes as well. Um, if you're in the five towns, you can also, we're going to get Chaya on the air in a minute, and she's going to tell us about what she can provide for you along with the base as well. Chaya? Chaya, are you there? Hi, Naomi. Hi, how are you? Good, thank God. How are you? Thank God. I'm so you know, excited to be on your show. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so glad you could come. I know it's Friday morning and uh, you've got a very busy uh, day. I know Fridays is always very busy for you.
2: It's like the thing I tell my friends, don't call me Fridays unless it's an emergency or you want a free platter. They'll be called. Sure, no
0: problem. They all know they don't mean it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're a very good friend to everybody. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. I was just, you know, Talking to Susie Fishbein a minute ago, and we we're talking about, um, sorbets and how, how it's not so exciting to eat, you know, Pesach cakes. And, you know, it's not the same thing as a regular cake. And, and she was saying, you know, people should eat more sorbets at oh. the end of a Seder. I'm like, great. I'm going to be talking to high freshmen. So, is my favorite
2: topic this time of year.
0: Okay. So, talk away. Tell us about what kind of sorbets that you are doing in this season. Because it's like a different kind of fruit season this year because so early. It is early, but it
2: happens to be one of the reasons we even got into Sorbets. A lot of the things in my business kind of like just popped into my head while I'm standing around in different stores. I was standing in Costco like a few years ago, and I'm looking at this machine, just staring at it, and said, Survey machine. That is such a great idea because we're very green. Our business is very green as much as we can make it an, um, environmentally friendly. And I hate when we have grapefruit. It's delicious, but it might not look so pretty. It might be, you know, not even overripe, but just ripe enough that it won't lay nicely on the platter. And what do you do with it? There's only so much you can give to your friends in the, on the block. So I said to my husband Eliyahu who does all the all the work. He's a kitchen man and he's a cook in the gourmet
0: Oh, you are so lucky. I know, right? <laughs> who does the cooking in your house?
2: Um, for Shabbos I cook but during the week i w I'm also like a teacher, so I get home at five thirty and Eliyahu prepares. He's 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 the best. He's Thank God, I'm very lucky. So, I, came, I called them on the phone and I said, I have such a great idea. Why don't we take, you know, whatever we have leftover in fruit and we'll make it into a sorbet. And at that point, there's a lot of melons. So we were making cantaloupe sorbet and honeydew sorbet. And people really love them. And then after a while, we were getting these requests for fruits that we don't even normally sell. Like how many lemons do we put on the fruit pot or none? But people were saying, can you make me lemon sorbet? Can you make me lychee sorbet? Can you make me sabra sorbet? And, um, it does. Sabra sorbet? Yes, yeah, we do a Sabra pomegranate well, um, sorbet yeah. for Rosh Hashanah.
0: Okay, that is amazing. Okay, I'm ordering that now, right now, for Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> okay,
2: I'm not going to have it for Rosh Hashanah, but I'll definitely because the pomegranate is going out. But for, for, for next oh, for next Rosh Hashanah, definitely next not Hashanah. for Pesach. Not
0: for Pesach. Now for Pesach, we really like Yeah, tell, oh, yeah let's talk about your Pesach sorbet.
2: So during the year, certain things I know that I might not be able to get for Pesach, um, I try to, like, hoard and, you know, put in the freezer, because after all, it's sorbet. We have um, some really funky flavors. We have passion fruit pineapple. We have lychee sorbet. It's very popular. Um, we make a citrus sorbet where we take a variety of juices. We have, like, lemon, lime, and grapefruit, and cara navels, and blood oranges, and we make the sorbet that's just an exquisite color. What's so nice about the citrus is it's like an intermezzo. Like, you don't have to have it, like, at the end of the suda. You can have it in the middle, you know, after your fish. You well, want it's something. called
0: a palate cleanser. A palate cleanser, they exactly. They call it something. They call it something. An I intermezzo. It's called an intermezzo. It's a palate cleanser. Oh, there you go. Sounds so fancy. My brother made for his son's bar mitzvah suda champagne sorbet oh, as, a, as a um, palate cleanser.
2: So we've tried alcohol-based sorbets, not to sell, because I think we might need a license for that. Yeah, you might. (laughs) But we tried it because, hey, wouldn't this be fun? And it's so hard because the alcohol doesn't freeze. It's very slushy, so we haven't, like, perfected perfected that. in any way for Pesach, we can't really use alcohol. It would be a, a problem with chametz <laughs> and all that. But um, right, thank right. God. Well, also, I love what the sorbets is, that they, they have such a great color. They really add color. And we don't add, to our sorbets, there's nothing but pure ingredients. Right. Sugar, water, fruit. That's it. Not, not even oil, not even fillers, not even preservatives. It is pure, pure fruit. So I, I, I feel that. good about that.
0: I love that. That's fantastic. And you probably don't even use so much sugar because Fruit so sweet,
2: right? We have to balance it. Like we used to have like a recipe, and we would just this many parts of fruit to this many parts of. Well, we don't use straight sugar because it'd be too grainy. We take the sugar and we cook it with the water, so it's like a simple syrup. Simple
0: syrup, and and then we mix it. A simple syrup is used a lot in in the making of sorbets and also for may, making of cocktails. Yes, yes. <laughs> just throw that in. Right. Being back the alcoholic to the alcohol,
2: that I am, that alcohol. You and I have to go for a drink. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> but it happens to be like like that that alone because I know that we can play with the sugar makes me feel good because I'll try I try to use as little sugar as possible because the fruit itself the flavor has to come through and um it, it, but sometimes people say just do no sugar and no sugar there's something about the simple syrup that also makes the sorbet creamier. There's something in the chemical reactions of the sorbet, the fruit, with the simple syrup while it's churning that have left out simple syrup of some flavors and it just became like a hard, icy, cookie, you know? So that's our that's one of our things. You have to hear this great sorbet story.
0: Naomi, you'll appreciate that. Okay, it. great. Everyone listening, Chai's got a great story. It's always a
2: story. Whenever something crazy happens to me, it's always like, okay, this is a difficulty, but this is a story. I have two stories, but I'll tell you one of them for She's now.
0: Great. Hi, you're fantastic. Okay.
2: My husband comes in and he's so proud. He wants to show me this delicious sorbet he made for me because every, that's what it comes, this is what happens Pesach time or Erev Pesach. Chai, look what I made. And he brings it to me and I'm tasting it. And it has this really funky, deep red color and it has such an unusual taste. And he, he always is like, what do you think it is? And I'm like thinking, is it is it a, a red grapefruit? Is it maybe a strawberry mix of some sort? Because we sell so much strawberry and berry sorbet. It's sure. a fruit punch? Yeah. And, and the kids are all sitting behind him and giggling. They're cracking up, my, my four kids, Kine and Hara. And I'm like, okay, what is it? Okay. And they're like, red pepper. Up ahead, red peppers and he made sorbet for you. And I'm thinking right away, my first reaction was, Oh, and then I'm like, you know what? It's not so bad. It's, Maybe we should. Was it. it good? Was it good? <sighs> it was. It was different. It was red. I'm, I've definitely tasted um, tomato chocolate sauce before. So I've never tomato chocolate
0: done. sauce sorbet.
2: No, I've tasted in restaurants like on a chocolate souffle. Once they had like this tomato-based sauce with like an interesting foil, I would say, for the chocolate souffle. But this. Um, this red pepper sorbet, I think a lot of our eating in general is what's in our head and what we know, like, kind of, you know, makes us love something or not love something. Knowing that it was red peppers, just was like, okay, this is not funny. Oh, that's,
0: <laughs> that's interesting. I know that in ch- a lot of chocolate recipes, I have a chocolate mousse recipe that has, um, chili powder in it.
2: Yeah, I love that.
0: You know, that sometimes, you know, I always talk about the marriage of flavors. Chocolate and chili happens to be a great marriage of flavors. But it's
2: delicious. I
0: wonder, I wonder, like, this, Chili, what was it? Chili
2: This These were regular red peppers. He was just taking the red peppers he had from a leftover vegetable platter he made that day. That oh, it wasn't them.
0: spicy red peppers? No, it was I'm regular sweet red, red pepper. I'm thinking ancho chilies or something, like red kind of peppers.
2: These were red holland like, peppers. I'm like, red
0: holland pepper <sighs> sorbet. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: know, I know. Did you like it? Was it good? It was, you know, before I knew what it was, I was like, "Hey, this is cool. But a lot of, I can't imagine, you know, I have to sometimes convince my my customers to be a little daring and go for the passion fruit, you know, pineapple. I cannot see, you know, all the time of telling them, okay, now, this is a little strange. It's red pepper sorbet and see their reaction. Where did
0: you get, where do you get your passion fruit from, though? You know. So we
2: we do a lot of, they sell passion fruit pulp in the freezer section of stores and, um, we do, like I said, we save a lot of things from the end of the season. So, like, I, I get sometimes passion fruit's January time from California. Okay. It's, you know, the, all the, the secrets of the business. You have to to find it wherever you can find it. Right, right, and right. And passion fruits are definitely the hardest to work with because they're so slimy and slurpy. And Yeah,
0: my, my kids love it. In Israel, they call it pastiflora. flora, I but, love it. But um, in Australia, we get it. It's so cheap in Australia to get, to get passion fruit. Yeah. And one passion fruit's like, a quarter. And and when you see it here for Russia Shana time, which is even it's not a, in abundance even in when it's in season, you don't right. see it. But Russia Shana time, you see this new fruit. One is like six dollars. Yeah,
2: it's cr- everyone else does in Arctisrol like uh, in January, and they also are like salivating. But they only would sell the passion fruit and like, a, like a, a container of. I think it was at the same time as you, like twelve in a container. And I'm like, I'm going to go to jail if I bring this home to America, and I cannot possibly eat twelve passion fruits the day of my flight. So <laughs>
0: I just look I at them. Sn- Snuck in passion fruit from Australia to America. You did I not. Snuck it in. Yes, Miriam Wallach once made fun of me cuz i had i declared my meat that i bought in from rome into america but mm. i never t- and they took it away from me oh. but i never declared my passion fruit that it's i snuck fruit. in from sydney to new york
2: wow love love, passion passion fruit. Fruit. Love, passion love, love, love passion fruit passion fruit mousse my friend from argentina makes passion fruit mousse because there they're also in
0: abundance. in abundance in warm countries israel also we went to Machane Yehuda with the kids in august a couple of years ago and we just bought huge like 10 shekels for like 40, 40, uh, passion fruits. They were like in heaven. They, the whole Shabbos afternoon, you know, they were sitting, eating passion fruit.
2: You could tell the children of gor- like Garmage and Gourmand people like, you know, they, my son, when his, my daughter actually, when she interviewed for school, for preschool, now she's, she's 13, but she was uh, three years old, and they interviewed her and they showed her a picture and they wanted her to, to show you know, how smart she was. So they're like, what's this? It's a picture of bread. It was toast and what's the yellow thing on the bread? So any kid would be like butter or margarine. She's like, that must be mango. You know? Oh, that's hilarious. Is your father <laughs> own on a fruit butter business? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they advantage of it a little bit i'll tell I'll, one of my best friends taught my daughter in second grade and she told her i'm sorry Mora, Ma- i can't take tests on friday thursday night's a business night <laughs> oh that's
0: so funny my, my my little daughter said to me because i've been really busy cooking for Pesach for my customers for the last two weeks she goes i hate that you're a chef you never play with me anymore oh no and I said, that was a bit sad i said leora we'll Make sure that we spend some time together tonight. Right.
2: Well, that's why I love my business. It happens to be before this, my husband worked in catering, and that's twenty four seven. I admire caterers tremendously because they're always on. You, you, ha- you're allowed to eat. You know, they must love yum kipper. I'm guessing, but you can always eat. <laughs> and this business is really, really based. Um, it's, it's, you know, six days a week. We work Sundays. We work very hard. But Shabbos, we're off. Like one time, one time on Sukkot, it was a knock at the door. My friend um, Goldie's son came, and he walks in, and he says, it's like second-day Yantif, it's a three-day Yantif, and he said, um, I need a fruit platter for Friday. And I looked at him, and I'm like, we don't do fruit platters on Yantif. I'm sorry, you should have ordered earlier. So he just like, shrugged his shoulders and he walked out, and I, I, I said, by the way, like you guys are so organized usually. Why did you order so late? He goes, oh, my mother just gave birth this morning. We're having a Shalom Zachar for Shabbos. I'm like, oh, oh, turn around, come back. And my husband, of course, made him, you know, the fruit platter free of charge. He's like, he, they tried to pay us. He wouldn't take the money. We said, no, this is a semcha that you, you can't, you know, people who call me Friday for a Shom I will do whatever it takes to make a fruit platter for them because, you know, they, 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 they didn't know. The husband will stop even if he's like in the right. middle of getting dressed for Shabbos. He's about to like, you know, bench lift. But other than that. You do um,
0: beautiful, beautiful fruit platters. Everybody knows that whenever oh, they get God. something from me. You know, um, they know what they you know you invite me for lunch. Right. I'm getting, they're getting a fruit platter from Chaya, and if you're out, out in the Five Towns, you know they de, they deliver. Right. Um, but
2: beautiful you're my lady.
0: work, yeah, and very high quality fruit. Also, I noticed that you know the the fruit is always top top quality, and you can order on Friday, and they just they get it just so perfect that Shabbos morning, it's still just as you know, freshly cut as it was on Friday.
2: Right, thank you. We do. We try so, so hard. We try to make everyone happy, and especially before Yentif, people call. And that's the only time of year. Pesach the only time I tell people to get their orders in very early yeah. because I stop taking orders because it's almost Pesach. Well, I, I've already
0: you know. stopped taking orders. <laughs>
2: you did? No, you know, for me, orders. I feel bad because my husband's cutting till right before Yentif, but Pesach the only time where normally my husband will cut till right before Shabbos, till like Shabbos is at 5, so he'll cut till 2.33. But on Pesach... Because Pesach is so much about family and being awake for the Seder. Yeah. I, like, push him out of And he has to prepare the horseradish and all those things for our family. I push him out of that kitchen, 2 o'clock. No more orders. He just fills the orders that were placed. And I make him sleep for, like, three hours for the Seder. Because he has to be, you know, you don't want your kids to resent your business. Right, and that's part absolutely. of our business, being from the house. The kids always see us. They're, my Yosef my is 4 years old. Well, my husband makes the sorbet every morning because he has to freeze the bowls every morning. Yeah. Um, every morning, Yosef, come in here. And he turns on all of his... So Shoshana cuts all the lemons, and Ephraim Shalom cuts the vegetables, and Chaim eats. <laughs> okay, that's cute.
0: That's Everyone cute. It's has a, a part. Fa- it's a really a family business.
2: Yes, yes. Thank God, I can't complain. It's, it's, God's been very good to us, and and we're very lucky. You know, in the food business, it's so it's not easy, but it's very rewarding. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I love to feed people.
2: Yeah, thank God, it's really really good. And you get to feed
0: you get to feed them healthy food. You know, a lot of times people will say to me, and I had this really. Many years ago when I first started my business, somebody said to me, I'd like you to make, because I'm a personal chef and I do custom meals and custom recipes, you know, people will open up Susie Fishbein's book and say to me, make me cranberry chicken or make me zucchini muffins. Right. Okay, but quite often, you know, they'll say, I would like a dessert. Okay, but, I, you know, something could you create for me, a fat-free, sugar-free, egg-free cookie. Oh, my. So I did it once. You know, the first time someone asked me to do that when my business was new, and I made it for them, and I didn't think it tasted very good. But, you know, I'm not so much of a fan of chopping and changing out recipes so, so, so much that you're left with almost nothing. So I bought them to her to try, and she said, You're right, they're not so good. I said, How about next time we just order you a fruit platter? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you don't have to have cake for dessert. And I'm I'm all for dessert. I, I do like... I love making creme brulee and I love making tiramisu and I have some of these recipes on my website. I'll just give you the name of my website, theoziegourmet.com I
2: saved in my bookmarks.
0: And Chaya, do you you have a website also?
2: We do. We're fruitpottersandmore.com and um, anyone who ever wants to be added to our weekly mailing list. Naomi, are you my my mailing list? You get my weekly poems? I'm sure I do. So anyone who wants to be added, they can just send an email to info at fruitpottersandmore.com and I'll add you to my my specials and my, you know, my. Uh, I write a, I'm a teacher and I'm a writing teacher, so I can't Ooh. just send an email saying, "Hi, we have passion fruit survey. It has to all be in like couplet, you know. Oh, like,
0: I, I don't think I'm getting these emails. I got to make sure I, I, uh, I, I put get you those on my emails. email list. Yeah, so you know, I, I switched this away a little bit from the conversation, but um, you know, we were talking about you know uh, Pesach and, and ordering for you know fruit for pl- fruit platters. Oh, I am tongue-tied. <laughs> ordering fruit platters for Pesach. From oh. the freshmen,
2: about, right.
0: a, about a bunch of Fs there in a row. I gotta slow that down, break that down. So, are you actually going to be taking orders still for Pacer?
2: Yeah, I mean, with my business, it took me a few years to realize that a majority of our community waits, you know, till like the week before because they're right now cleaning. Like I'm also cleaning, and then the week before people start ordering, and then they all oh, I take off a day from teaching, and it just phone calls, is it too late? I love the people who call me two weeks before Pesach, and they'll say, is it too late to order a food pot? And I'm like, no, you're early. You're early.
0: When people call me for two weeks before Pesach it's to over. cook for them, I said, I'm really sorry. I've cooked everything already. And you
2: probably feel the same as me. I hate saying no to people. I it hate saying me.
0: no. I know it hurts you because we like to feed people because they, you know, I feel like food brings joy and...
2: For sure, and also you people, people like you're a people person. You have to hear one. We're talking about also having having a business in the house. There are definitely detriments to it, and this is a sorbet based story that I want to leave you to hear. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Yes, I have that right now. I'm sure it's the same story as you probably. In my house. Have you
2: ever done this? Has ever happened to you? It was three years ago or four years ago. Came home and it was so weird. I was sending one of my kids off to school, and I want to say which gender, which child, which age, and I was like having a moment, and I'm like, "You're so wonderful to me. You're worth millions of dollars. I'm so grateful to have." of my life I don't know we we're having a mushy moment and I get home and for some reason I went to the basement where my business freezer is and Uh-oh. I turn around the door's and the doors open <laughs> and it wasn't like just open <laughs> my heart open. is palpitating right now I fall full freezes from the night before <laughs> and I would say about a thousand dollars in sorbet was now a thousand dollars in Shoot. simple syrup mixed with fruit I, I, I didn't even know what to do and I'm like oh, I'm sorry. about to scream at this child when they get home and I stopped And it's because it wasn't. We have to throw out the stove. We can't just close the freezer because you know it has to be turned through the machines, and it has to have that air pumped into it from the machine. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna freak out on my child right now. And they came home, and I just looked at them, and I said, Did did you by any chance use the freezer last night? And this child looked at me and said. Uh oh. Even now, my kids to this day have like a phobia of opening my freezer. Yeah. And, and they so they said, should.
0: So they should. They said, <laughs> I,
2: and I said to that child, I said, Remember I said so this morning how you're worth a million dollars to me? And he said, Oh, whatever. Now you're only anyway, worth 999000 anyway. I only have one girl. He said, Yeah, I remember that. I said, Well, you're certainly worth more than $1,000 worth of sorbet. You know, you, you, you know, go get to work go help Abba, and this child helped, you know, work on refreezing the bowls and worked on everything. But I think that is a nightmare of every business person. It's like when the electricity went out for Sandy out here in Farakway, don't, don't the first reaction before, like, even heat or clothes, I was like, what are we going to do
0: with this? I I, right now, I'm making, I, I know I, 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 this afternoon, well, probably over the weekend, I've got to start making deliveries because oh. I, can't, I can't do it air Erev Shabbos now, but I've got four freezers full of food. Oh, my god! And as as I had said earlier, i got to go make a whole bunch of cranberry chicken today also. So, um, wow. you know, it's it's uh, a little scary. I actually, over Shabbos, take, and maybe you want to do this too, or anyone at home, if you've already started Pesach cooking, you're worried about your freezers, or if it's not even Pesach, and you've cooked a whole bunch of food for a bracha or for a friend, or just to stock up your freezer, and you're nervous, I actually sometimes tape with duct tape, my freezer doors shut. Ah, <gasps>
2: that's smart. I do, because it's
0: not... Forget the money, money aside, right? You right. can't replace the time. I don't have time to, re- to replace, oh, so, you, know, um, you know, I tape it up shut. Now, on that note, I'm just going to give another uh, shout-out to our sponsor, AHC Appliances, because they just sold me a brand-new freezer, and it has an alarm on it. So oh, wow. If my door opens, it beeps. Wow. And so once That's- the air temperature changes, it starts beeping. Wow. So that that's a great great function to have for for any Jewish family who's got a second freezer or a in my case a fourth freezer.
2: Can you can you turn off the alarm for Shabbat? Yes, you
0: can. In fact, I had Sandy Tower last week from AHC Appliances, and she was telling us it's actually like a little um. Lever that you can just put a tape over over Shabbos, but I usually don't go into my big second freezer right. or third freezer or fourth freezer well, on a regular Shabbos.
2: On Shabbos, every so often, my kids will be like, "We well, let's have sorbet for dessert," and I'm like, "I'm scared to send them to." I'm like, "You want to go to the basement?" They're like, "No, you go to the basement."
0: No, no, no that's that's not a bad move there, Mum. <laughs> exactly, clever. exactly. Very Wow,
2: that's amazing. I definitely admire you. Anyone who's a personal chef, you have to have your hands literally in all the pots. You have to know, I specialize in fruit. People call me and they ask advice about fruit. They call for simchas for void, and they want to know amounts. I can tell you anything about fruit. You ask me how much to order for anything else or what to make. I love cooking. You know, you and yep. I exchange recipes. I love cooking, but I always do the way too much or, yep. you know, I, I really, when you, when you do this, whenever there's a, a simcha, someone call me up, they'll say, can you just cater a little. No, no, call Naomi. Thank you. <laughs> Naomi I have knows how to do I
0: have quite, quite a few customers from me. Thank you very much. But, you know, I, I find that, you know, I'm very involved in a lot of things with, with my catering, and, you know, I do, like, small setup for parties and stuff. And, you know, I, of course, I always get the food from you. Um, but it's definitely, like, very hectic, and, you know, it's, it's a great balance for me because sometimes I'm super busy and sometimes I'm dead quiet. So, you know, right. I, I like that. And right now my fingers are killing me because... I'm cooking and I'm getting calluses from chopping, but I, I'm, I'm loving every minute. So Baruch Hashem. Right, your
2: wrist, how do you remember? We're just talking about the wrist situation. Yeah,
0: thank God. At last, last Pesach, I had hurt my wrist and I couldn't even open a can or slice any meat. So I had people that work for me do that. But thank, thank God this year, a little therapy and a little, um, went to occupational therapy and I had a cortisone shot in my wrist. So I'm, I'm as good as new. My arm's like a 25 year old arm again. That's awesome. <laughs> like I'm t- only 25 years old, not.
2: People don't realize when you own a business that it's you really have a fear, not because, okay, we're not going to work, and not even from the from the financial aspect. You don't want to let people down. I think, like, my biggest nightmare is always that, I, you know, what if something happens and there's a major snowstorm and someone's making a vort and I have all their fruit and I can't get to them? Right. I, I literally lose sleep when I listen yeah, to Yeah, I, I get very stressed.
0: <laughs> I get very stressed.
2: I get stressed. But on the other hand, like, there are those times when people call you afterwards and they just say, you know, People couldn't stop raving about the cantaloupe, or people were just going on and on about the salad, you know, or whatever it is. And that's so rewarding. It's such a rewarding feeling being in this business. I, have, I think you have to agree.
0: Oh, absolutely! Thank you, Chai, so much for coming on.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having All me. All right, no Love problem. Have a good Shabbos.
0: Stay warm, and I will talk to you uh, next week. I got to w- talk to you about my own fruit platters that I want to order for next week because I've been invited out for lunch. Well, my friends you. feel sorry for me because I'm, I'm so busy cooking, but it's really always my pleasure. Right. So we've got to get some fruit platters from you. So I'll talk to you during the week.
2: God willing. Thanks again. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Good
0: service. Okay. Good job. Bye, Chaya. That was Chaya Frischman from Fruit Platters and More. So informative. She's so chatty. We know each other. We actually met in tour about 20 years ago. So... uh Thank you, Chai, for coming on my show, Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. And our sponsor is AHC Appliances. Just, excuse me, want to start wrapping up the show a little bit, but I want to do my, what what I call it, announcement time. And um, people have been sharing things with me. Uh, If you need to reach me, um, if you have cooking questions or you want to know something about what I spoke about and we can talk more elaborately elaborately afterwards, more in detail afterwards. You can reach me through my website, theaussiegourmet dot or uh, theaussiegourmet at gmail dot com. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, last week. I had in Sari Altmark, who was she? We did a call in. She was talking about a a, a cooking. Sh- um, I don't know if it was a cooking show because I were not actually cooking. An interactive. Um, informative class that was going to be given by Rabbi Kelmer from Youngers of West Hempstead. And the cooking, I keep calling it a cooking demo, but the the class was going to be given at AHC Appliances. Unfortunately, Rabbi Kelmer was sick that week. So, um, Baruch Hashem, he's much better. We're very happy to hear. So they actually had to cancel the class. So it's actually rescheduled for this Monday, March 11th at 8 a.m. Sorry, yeah, 8 p.m., not 8 a.m. No one will be there at 8 a.m., At 8 p.m. at AHC Appliances, 530 Central Avenue. It costs just $5 to go to the class. Um, If you're interested, um, it's – I guess you don't even know the class I'm talking about because I didn't give enough detail. But let me just give you the RSVP. It's sisterhood at Y-I-W-H. I know when I spell letters out with my accent, I sound ridiculous. So it's sisterhood at, but it's basically the initials from Young Israel of West Hempstead dot org, and it's Rabbi Kellam is going to come down and show people shabbos ovens, which are the best ones to buy, which are the best fridges to buy that have the yontif, the shabbos overrides, if you have them, if you don't have them, which ones to get. So I thought that was a very interesting class. I really, really wanted to share that with my listeners. I hope that people will go down. They had a great. um List of people that wanted to come last week, and then unfortunately they had to cancel the class. So if you are interested, or you are really disappointed that you were closed out, or you were missed that you missed out, and then class got canceled, in any case, please um, call them again, um, Sisterhood at y i w h to go to the class at AHC Appliances. Also, I was contacted um, about two days ago, and I knew about this, but I have I, I can't believe I didn't mention. Manashevitz Manischewitz cook-off. How very exciting. I'd love to be a part of that, but I, I don't think I, I'd be allowed because I think I'm considered like a professional cook. What well, they have, um, I'm going to read a little bit about Off Their flies, They, they said the 7th Annual Man-O-Manischewitz Man Live Cook-Off. Um, it's going to actually be at their headquarters in Newark, New Jersey, just before Pesach. And they're going to be having cookbook author Jamie Geller. She'll be there in the morning and then they're going to have... Um, you can meet her and she'd be doing a cooking demonstration. She's fantastic. She's so informative and adorable, Jamie. So, um, you can definitely go down. It's totally worth, uh, going down to just, just to see her alone is fun. Um, she'll be there from 10 to 11.30 and then they'll have the cook off from 12 to 2. They're also having matzah plant tools, which I thought is great. You know, like, as kids, we all go to matzah shows, so, um, we go to matzah factories, but this is one where you can bring your whole family. You can, uh, regain your youth and, and, uh, go on a matzah tour again. Um, think back to when you were a kid. Um, so I thought that was really cool. They're going to be having, um, a cook-off with finalists from all over the country, from Atlanta, Georgia and Bergenville, New Jersey, San Francisco, California, and someone from my own hometown, Woodmere, New York. You thought I was going to say Sydney, Australia, didn't you? <laughs> yes, no, from my hometown of Woodmere. Sounds funny that with my accent, I guess. Yeah, so even the mayor mayor of uh, Newark, Corey Booker, he's going to be calling it, um, Manashevitz, uh, Manashevitz Day. Um, he's going to be, I'm going to read, Mayor Corey Booker proclaims the day Manashevitz Cook-Off Day in Newark. Made it all sound official. So that's going to be on March 21st, 2013, and next week we're going to have, um, someone from Manashevitz come down. Um, we're running out of time, so the What's for Dinner segment is going to be on my website. It's um, going to be some spare ribs, delicious, great Shabbos recipe, and it's an absolutely fantastic Pesach recipe. Um, do I have a minute there Avrami, to talk about it? I've got about a minute. I'm just going to run through the recipe. You take some spare spare ribs and have them cut in half, so they're then called like short ribs. You take, you put about two onions slicer at the bottom of a pan, About a 9 by 13 pan or a big glass Pyrex. And then you put your ribs on top, your your short ribs on top. Then you take in a bowl half a cup of brown sugar, one tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce, a tablespoon of soy sauce, four cloves of crushed garlic, three cups of ketchup, half a cup of water. So you make that mixture, pour it over the ribs, cover it tightly, throw it in the oven for two hours, done. Freezes great. Really easy, really delicious. So uh, that's a great Pesach recipe and now you can get imitation soy sauce and you can get imitation Worcestershire sauce. So with all these amazing kosher products for Pesach coming out, so you should definitely try them. They are really delicious. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. I've really enjoyed my hour today with uh, Susie Fishbein and with Chaya Frischman. I learned so much about food and sorbets and cookbooks and behind the scenes of a cookbook and how Susie puts together a recipe uh, for uh, her food demonstration at Pomegranate, um, so I hope that you'll stay tuned for the next hour or so. Uh, no, actually not hour or so. It's all the way to Lichtbenching, right? We've got uh, music all the way to Lichtbenching by our folks at by the folks at Kerem Wines. They're going to sponsor our music for the next couple of hours till till uh, we have to stop and light candles. And begin another week preparing for Pesach as we get closer and closer. Thank you so much for listening and Shabbat Shalom.